0: I'm sitting here in the little office space that I've created beneath the window of my room, a sandwich between the dresser and a little bench. The light is best here. It peels from the sky and drapes itself all around me. So it's really nice. (laughs) It's mostly quiet, although I live in one of San Diego's largest apartment complexes. So considering the density of the people living here, the noise level is less than one might expect. I did hear someone's like bass music blasting into the early hours of the morning last night, but that's okay, people are doing what they can and they need to in order to cope.
1: Everybody. We're back for part three of Connecting Through Isolation. This week, as things in the U.S. have gotten more serious, so too has the nature of some of our responses. We find that people feel divided, inspired by all of the hope that comes with springtime while coping with the seriousness of current events. It feels hard for me to wrap my brain around what's going on. It's wild. It's incomprehensible. But the 2233 friends you will hear from today are managing to find balance even if it is delicate. And even though social media and the internet has always had its dark side, technology is helping us all stay together, despite being isolated in our homes. In this episode, we learn about virtual dance-offs, virtual playdates, and for those who cannot be outside in nature, some virtual chirping birds all the way from Lithuania. And at the end of this episode, we hear some gratitude for science and technology, Science, of course, will eventually lead to the elimination of the virus threat, along with technology. There's never been a more critical time to support scientists and medical workers. I feel grateful for people working in the front lines and behind the scenes of this crisis to solve it worldwide. This week, stories from California, Massachusetts, Lithuania, Washington, D.C., and Little Hideaway, Texas. Thanks for continuing to listen. In the absence of in person connection and cultural exchange, We will keep working to bring stories to you from across the globe. We're in this together, so we're never alone. Connecting through isolation. It's
2: 2233.
3: Politicians, scientists, and even celebrities all want us to practice social distancing. This is a recording for
4: 2233. And it's in the COVID
3: crisis. Things are unpredictable. I think that people perhaps will be thinking that they are stuck at home.
5: So we're asking everyone to be selfless for others.
1: We're all in this together. We all have a voice. We all have a story to tell.
6: What's been inspiring me thus far has been really seeing spring in action. For me this means watching the leaves come out of the trees, watching flowers blossom, hearing the birds earlier in the morning, and noticing the sun rising a lot earlier each day. I've also decided to pick up a new hobby, and for me that's been the harmonica, and so I'll play a little bit of what I've learned thus
2: far.
0: In Southern California, I'm blessed that A, this is happening in the spring, so the sun is shining, and B, I'm in Southern California, so most of the time, the sun is shining. It really evokes a sense of peace in me, a sense of serenity, a sense of hope. And the other thing about being able to be indoors when the sun is shining, or not shining, uh, is that there are books that I've always wanted to read, but always put off, always too busy with too many responsibilities or movement or things in my life, so What this time is forcing me to do is to sit down and focus on myself for a few hours each day in between the family responsibilities that I have to do and to not run away from myself and to let me face myself and my racing mind and all the things that I've tried to avoid and instead to sit down in quiet, hopefully in silence, and read and think. And reflect and write and read some more and in the process being able to find peace and adventure and being able to learn new things and exhibit and experience beautiful beautiful language uh, the book that i'm reading now that i would absolutely recommend to everybody is a book called the shadow of the sun and it's about uh, the experience of a polish reporter Kapusinski, who lived in africa on and off for over 40 years And it's a continent that I'd never been to. And his words draw my attention and definitely arouse my curiosity about all these new places and cultures and histories and this diverse array of people who live and exist there. And I'd never known very much about. So being able to learn through his words and experience it is a gift. everyone, my name is Lily Gall and I'm currently in San Diego, California. I'm a storyteller and I participated in Fulbright National Geographic's Digital Storytelling Fellowship. So I was asked, What inspires me now? And the answer to that is music. I'm a dancer, so I love to move. Music is like a universe. There's a lot of empty space, and then suddenly you come across a gem and build a whole new world in your mind. A good friend of mine, Maya Gold, sent this to me, and it gets my spirit and my body moving every time. I want to play it for you. I'm using a voice memo, so hopefully you can hear it. you can hear it's definitely really upbeat and every time I listen to it it makes me feel so alive this is the best part of dancing Uh, the choreographers in this video are Meku Oku and Lionel Vero and they make everything look so easy and they just radiate positivity I can't help but smile and bob my head you know (laughs) there's also a crowd of people in the background who are supporting them and the energy in the video is so incredibly vibrant and happy and wholesome it's the best kind of feeling to marinate in I play this song on my phone often throughout the day an attempt to mirror their dance movements in a little space between the bed and the door to the room. <laughs> so this idea popped into my head to make a video and send it to my friend Maya, so I did. And she made one too and then over to me, and I got to see her dancing in her little dorm room to the song underneath a disco ball and some sunflowers and a purple Instagram filter. The results of sending dance videos to your friends, I have to say, are quite amazing. <laughs> Speaking of learning, I figured I would also share with you how I ended up in San Diego. So I was in the UK just a few weeks ago while I was studying for my master's degree when the coronavirus made its inroads into Europe. And after a conversation with my partner, I realized that I had to make a choice. I either stay in the UK for an inordinate amount of time or come home. And it took me two days to make a decision and on the third day I hopped on a plane back home. And I prepared for the worst for that adventure. I had gloves, mask, and hand sanitizer. Interestingly, all of them were from, uh, they're all part of this, the first aid kit that I had brought with me when I first moved over to the UK. So I was really thankful that I was prepared. I didn't know what to expect with all the international travel, but I kept telling myself the same thing over and over and over again that death is inevitable. So I choose to live. It might sound contradictory, but at the same time, it makes a lot of sense to me. We make the most of what we have. We do what we can with what we've got, and we continue to live. The fear in all of this surrounds the immediacy of death, the intimacy of death, the closeness of death, but it makes us feel like what we're doing has, a, in terms of living has a purpose. And what this crisis has demonstrated to all of us is our desire to want to live and to keep on living and to be with people that we love and to learn new things and to persist and endure and survive, to appreciate all the little things. When I first got back home, the first thing I noticed was the infinite blue sky and felt the warm sunlight and saw the hundreds of wildflowers that had sprung up on the little hillside near my complex. It had rained in this city that is known for its sun and transformed the landscape. I just couldn't stop smiling. They were there, they were radiant, they were beautiful, and they brought me so much joy. So what makes me happy and what inspires me are these little things. The wildflowers, the natural light, the books waiting to take me on adventures, the silence that allows me to think and exist, The love I have for my family and my friends. The music that makes my body move. And the desire to live and see this through. Because ultimately, how we live determines who we are. And who we are determines how we live. I want to wish you all nothing but health, safety and happiness during this tough time. And hope that we're all able to make it out into the other side. Sending lots of love to wherever you are in the world.
7: Lily What is inspiring me now? Mm. um it's a weird thing to articulate, but i'm 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 feeling two parts my body in this Corona crisis is feeling so deeply saddened and bracing myself for what is inevitably going to be so much tragedy and loss of life for the world. And there's another part of me that is watching so many of the ways in which we have constructed our lives falling apart and from that something completely new will come from it so of course the the cliche is there's opportunity and blah 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 but i think at the core i'm i'm feeling the duality and i'm reminded that you know social security came from the great depression and uh but but in the most immediate sense i'm 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 trying to push away the the deep well of of sadness my thoughts are make things because i feel like Art is going to show the way here. So um, to continue to make things, even if it doesn't have a a lane or uh, an economy <laughs> to go into, just keep keep making them. This is a, a melody that I've been kind of puttering around as I've been working on the stairs for the last couple of weeks. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to add any lyrics to this. I, I, I feel like it, it just sort of... The melody feels uncertain, and that's where we are. At least that's where I am.
1: Seth Gilear checked in with us from Holyoke, Massachusetts. His original 2233 episode called It Starts When It Ends featured an original song that Seth created using sounds sampled while overseas, performing as a cultural ambassador as part of the ECA's American Music Abroad program. For more about Seth's wonderful music, you can check out SethGleer.com. We thank him for the beautiful piano piece that he shared with us. Before Seth, we heard from Lily Gal Sedegat. lily Gal's year in Taiwan as a Fulbright National Geographic storytelling fellow created the backdrop for her original 2233 episode called Trash Truck Tunes and Hip Hop Grooves. And yes, it is as eclectic and entertaining as it sounds. She's currently in San Diego, California. We also heard from Savon Jackson, who was kind enough to share his progress learning the harmonica. Savon's episode aired a couple of months ago and it's called The Arc of the Moral Universe. He's currently in Washington D.C. working as a program manager for CET Academic Programs.
5: Hello. My name is Samantha Di Filippo. I work at the Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs at the State Department. I'm currently at home in Alexandria, Virginia with my husband and son, Ben. I feel really fortunate to be healthy and with my family during this time, but being stuck at home with an almost two-year-old while working is not easy. And even though I can't explain to Ben what's going on, he definitely knows something is up. Because he doesn't go to daycare anymore, or the playground, or see his friends, or his grandparents. So I want to show you what COVID-19 quarantine life is like for a two-year-old. Ben has written letters to six of his friends and family. And every day we try to write a new letter. Steamroller sticker, and he loves putting the letters in the mailbox. Hey, sure. Max! And one of his friends wrote him a letter back. And the letter says, Ben, we miss you too. Love Simon. Uh, and they included stickers. We've been video chatting with family and friends a lot and ben loves it and my parents and in-laws have been really good sports because sometimes when both my husband and i are really busy with work we'll just call one of them up and ask them to talk to ben for a while just to you know keep him busy and occupied it doesn't last that long because ben doesn't really understand that he has to look at the camera but it's been a great way to stay in touch and he really loves story time
4: elmo's hunting easter eggs so far he's found just three but who's behind the flower pot sparkly one who could it be who's behind the flower pot then do you know happy Let's see. I'm going to count to three and we'll see. One, two, three. You're right. It's Abby.
5: Zoom hangouts and happy hours are amazing for adults. But we tried to do one with like 10 toddlers, and it was total chaos. I'm not sure if the kids got that much out of it, but I know that he misses his friends a lot, and I miss my friends too. So it was mostly an opportunity for the kids to show off their toys to each other. There's
2: That's a boat in the- the- wheels. that? Where's the helicopter that goes Ooh. in the boat? Well, look,
4: there's a- <laughs> Is there
2: a cow in the boat. boat? Is there a cow in the boat? You guys are going to see every single truck here. Oh, no. Every oh, single no. piece of machinery. No, I think Ben just sliced out. <laughs> oh, no.
5: We've been trying to do new activities with Ben while we've been home. And since I like baking, I thought it would be fun to involve him. He really loved banging on the mixing bowl as loud as possible. And it was a good alternative to screen time since that seems to be how he spends a lot of his time these days. And to paint a visual he wears this really cute apron that says "Chef Ben." We're making peanut butter cookies. Do you want some peanut butter? Mm-hmm. Ah! <laughs> Ow! Don't touch, okay? Mix it. Now we need to scrape the sides of the bowl. Don't touch that.
2: Help you.
5: Don't touch that. Don't touch that. You're funny. Ben's current obsession is trucks, really anything with wheels. And so even though we can't go anywhere, we can sit outside and look at the cars and trucks drive by and that makes him happy. And it really helps that my husband likes cars and, and trucks too. We call it car TV. Ben, what are you looking at?
2: What are you looking at? Truck, 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 truck. Is it a big truck? Big truck. Oh, oh truck. Fire fire truck. truck! Fire truck! <gasps> fire truck! That really is a fire truck. Real, real. Let's see where it's going, buddy. Because I think it's going to go up here.
5: Before the quarantine. We tried to limit screen time for my toddler, and now we don't even try. He is officially addicted, so that is bad. But we started watching some Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and that's been a delight. The thing that's definitely getting me through this is just spending so much time with my husband and son. My son is at such a cute age, and when he's not driving me crazy, he is just the sweetest boy
6: in the world.
1: <laughs> My colleague, Samantha Filippo is the deputy director of The Collaboratory, an innovation space within the State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs. Her son, Ben Abbott, will celebrate his second birthday in May with his mom, dad, video chats to friends and family, and lots of cupcakes.
6: My name is Ruta, and I work as a project manager with a program called Create Lithuania, where I currently look for ways to improve media literacy in Lithuania. And I think this time in particular is so important for us to stay critical about what we see online, as this becomes not only pandemic, but infodemic as well. That being said, I want to say that I'm uh, particularly inspired by all the work that journalists do. I think uh, having an access to information right now, to accurate information, is crucial uh, for everyone, no matter where we live at the moment. So for every journalist out there uh, working around the clock to keep us all informed, I just want to say thank you. And your, your work means a lot to us right now. I also want to say that I've been inspired by all the initiatives that make us all come together. Uh, There's one story I want to share with you. And the other day I saw a social media post of a local bookstore saying that they might not open their doors to their customers after all this ends. So many people have shared this uh, post saying... uh, they have a very special uh, feelings about this bookstore. They, they've made a lot of memories, uh, and it's their favorite bookstore. And they were inviting uh, their friends and followers to buy books and um, gift cards online. So the very next day, bookstore announced that they got over 300 um, or- online orders, which is quite a big number for a small country like Lithuania. And the bookstore were saying that they're so thankful for everyone, for helping them financially, but more important, uh, helping them mentally. Because it's not just about staying in business. It's also uh, about keeping people who love their job uh, in in the workplaces. So even though I took a very small part in this, uh, I just bought a gift card but it, it felt so nice to, to just contribute to something much, much bigger. Uh, and I cannot wait to go back to Vilnius and uh, go to that bookstore when, all, when this all ends. And I think this is just one example. We can spot so many other beautiful things being done by people and businesses. And I think each of us can tell 1, ten, or 20 beautiful stories that we've seen uh, during this crisis. Even though this crisis has brought a lot of uncertainty, I think it's also a good time for something really important and that is slowing down. I think we all have to take time in a day to do things that make us relaxed uh, and calm. And one thing in particular has helped me and that's taking walks outside. I know I've been privileged to be spending this quarantine with my family in a remote area in Lithuania where I can go outside of the house with no social contact with anyone other than my family members. I know that... Some of you are stuck in places uh, with no escape from uh, your house or apartment. So there is one message, or better say, some sounds I want to share with you from my walk. I hope you all stay safe.
1: Bienarute in an episode called The Barefoot Route of Ruta, a kind of a how-to guide of what to do when you get locked out of your apartment with no shoes, no money, and only one bar left on your phone. She checked in with us from a small town in Lithuania.
3: everyone. This is Sue Royapa. I'm a physician specializing in internal medicine and global health. I was a Fulbright researcher in India for about nine months uh, between 2017 and 2018. Today, I was asked to share what is inspiring me right now. And I realized that with the horror of the pandemic around us, it is so easy to forget about all the good that is happening around us as well. So it's really uplifting for me to focus on the positives for a change. First and foremost, I'm amazed and inspired by our healthcare workers on the front lines. Most doctors and nurses didn't sign up for hazardous duty. Police officers, firefighters, Peace Corps workers, and military personnel, they all go into these professions knowing the dangers involved. But most healthcare workers went in thinking, we'll be checking blood pressure, treating diabetes, appendicitis or cancer, not going into a war zone in a hazmat suit, putting our lives at risk. In fact, some of these healthcare workers don't even have masks to protect them in this situation right now. Now, most of my work is currently in public health and away from the hospital. And my prayers are with all my colleagues who are in the trenches, literally in the war zone. And any words of thanks or gratitude from me seem completely inadequate, but that is all I can offer at this point is my sincere gratitude to people out there taking care of us. What is also amazing to me and inspiring to me at this time is the miracle of modern science and technology. There has been a significant erosion of trust in science the world over, and I'm hoping this pandemic will open the eyes of people to how different their lives would have been if not for science and technology. Within a matter of weeks, scientists were able to sequence all the different strains of COVID-19 and share it with the entire medical and scientific community. I mean, this would have been impossible even just a couple of decades ago. In the past, I would have had to wait for months and possibly a couple of years, first for the information to be discovered, then for it to be published, and then for the library to have a copy of the journal. And then when it did have a copy of the journal, there will probably be this month-long waiting list to check it out. But now this same information is at my fingertips almost instantaneously. It's equally incredible that the first human trial for a vaccine has already begun. And there is real hope now that we can vanquish this disease forever. Thanks to supercomputers, you know, researchers screened something like 8,000 compounds in a matter of days, and they identified 77 potential beneficial compounds that can treat the virus. And several clinical trials are already underway for using our existing drugs while others are looking for new ones. I fervently hope that effective treatments and vaccines will help restore the faith of the public in medicine that many seem to have lost and that some actively deny even now. And finally, I am inspired by how ordinary citizens in India, the country where I did my Fulbright research, have successfully used technology to help the elderly, the disabled, and the vulnerable, such as the migrant workers, again with little regard for their own safety. Within a day of India announcing their total lockdown, regular folk started Caremongers India on Facebook and WhatsApp, now with tens of thousands of volunteers reaching out to people in need. These are the people that we cannot forget, and these are the stories that we need to share. I'm a very realistic and practical person, So I understand the gravity of what is happening and the massive way in which our lives have changed and will change for the future. But I'm also an eternal optimistic person and a believer in the goodness of humanity. So I want to tell my friends in India and around the world to not despair. We will all get through this together. Of this, I am certain.
1: Suroyappa is a health worker checking in from Hideaway, Texas. An alumna of the Fulbright program, she did her fellowship in India, and when there, worked with another Fulbrighter, Kylie Adams, whose forthcoming episode, Trekking in India, will air sometime in 2020. 2233 is produced by The Collaboratory an initiative within the US State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Worst. I'm the director of the Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the US Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of US government-funded international exchange programs. This week, we heard from 2233 friends, new and old, who were kind enough during these times of uncertainty to record themselves talking about what is inspiring them and what they are feeling. Huge thanks this week to Lily Gal Sedeguet, Seth Glear, Samantha DiFilippo and Ben Abbott, Ruta Bienarute, and Sue Royapa. And listeners, we would love to hear your thoughts and inspirations. It could be a story, a poem, or a song, whatever you're feeling at the moment please send your audio to us at 2233 at state.gov. That's right, careful listeners. We finally got a new email address and I will never have to spell collaboratory out again. And let us know where you are while you're at it. You can always find more information about the podcast at our webpage at eca.state.gov slash 2233. And of course, you should follow us on Instagram at 22.33 underscore stories. Special thanks to everybody for mobilizing to send audio and to share their current state of being. The 2233 team working from various locations was instrumental in this special new series. Thanks to Kate Furby, Anna Maria Sinatine, Samantha DeFilippo, Edward Stewart, and Desiree Williamson. I edited this episode and Kate Furby helped with the script and designs our awesome graphics. You heard two pieces of original music from Wordsmith, Music for the Masses and Topics. Seth Glear contributed a song that he told me to call Waiting for the Zoom Call to Start. Also featured were Wren and Skepto by Pottington Bear, A Bit of This by Steve Klink, and Junka and Tartaruga by Blue Dot Sessions. The end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagirlius. Until next time, stay healthy, everybody.
4: Hi, Abby Easter Fairy. There she is. Abby spots the hidden egg that Elmo, too, has seen. But someone else is in that can. He's grouchy and he's green. Who's grouchy and green, Ben?
5: Who's in the can?
4: Oscar. Oscar, let's see. I'm going to count to three. Ready? Count with me. One. Two. two Three. Three! Ten. You're right, it's Oscar.